morning, church. Come on, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, let's all just stand and get ready to worship. Come on, let's get ready to lift our voices, clap our hands, and just give God all the glory, amen? Come on, it's all because of Him. It's all because of what He does. It's all because of how good He is, amen? Come on, let's get ready to worship.
God, we worship you. You're so good to us, God. You welcome us into your family, God. We can't thank you enough. We praise you, God. We worship you. Come on, let's sing this out together. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me and oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free.
tides are now changing. I see the dawn breaking. It's happening. The awakening. So come, Holy Spirit. Presence, 
like a, a, a metal dog cage um, that you could see through. And the little door was open, and there were all these little pieces of food enticing the person in the cage to come out. And then I saw the entire thing just come unhitched, and the sides go down, and the front go down, and the back go down, and there was no more cage. And God was saying, be free. This is an opportunity for you to be free. There is no more cage. You can't go back to captivity. You can't go back to the old way. It is an opportunity to be free, to be free. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this bridge again. Dry bones are gonna dance. Strongholds are gonna bow, amen. Mom, we sing this out together. Jesse's house to anoint David. He said, fill your horn. 
And that's what the Lord wants to do to us. He wants to fill us with a new anointing today. Thank you, Lord. So come on right now. I just want you guys to just position yourselves in a place to be filled. Whatever you want to do, reach your hands up to God. Make yourself look like a cup or just put your hands out in front of you and just receive from the Lord because he wants to pour out his anointing all over you this morning. If you need healing in your body, if you need a word of encouragement, the Lord's going to give it right now. There's many people that are here today. You're going to be healed right now in the midst of worship. Nobody needs to lay hands on you. The presence of God is in this room. And it's simply by being in the presence that the healing comes. It's simply by being in the presence of the healer that you get healed. The laying on of hands is just a, it's, a, it's another byproduct. But the, the, the presence of God here is so strong. Lord, right now, right now, the anointing power of God flow through this room. Touch every heart. Touch every sickness. God, touch every mind. Wrong thinking, go in Jesus' name. Anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Worry, go in Jesus' name. Fear, gone in Jesus' name. The Lord is breaking open that cage. He's breaking down those walls. He is setting you free, and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And now we just have to act like we're free. You can be free and still stay inside the confines of that cage, even though it no longer exists. God came to set you free, that you might go. He puts little drops out for us that we might follow to lead us out. But we have to be willing to go. It's always on our terms. And so this morning, knowing that that cage is gone, knowing that the anointing here to break the yoke, to bring healing, to bring strength, to bring every single thing you need. Just receive this morning. Set your heart in a posture of reception this morning. I know a lot of people who are really bad at receiving gifts. They're really bad at receiving money. They're really bad at receiving different things that would be given to them. Don't be like that with God. Don't be like that with God. He's a good God who gives good gifts to his children and his resources never run dry. He can give you everything that you need and he still has a, a, more than enough for your neighbor who needs all of her need, their needs met. And their other neighbor on the other side who needs all of their needs met. He's got, he's got more than enough in his count for the 8 billion people on this planet today. He's got more than enough in his count to meet every need. And so just receive right now. We're going to go back into worship here. Receive. 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 Receive.
don't have to ask you what you want from us because we already know you want everything, every part of us, every bit of us. Let us come before you, Lord, as living sacrifices to be used by you in however you want, whatever pleases you, Lord. And let us just glorify you and be in your presence, worshiping you, allowing you to move within us even when we don't understand or don't agree with the way you're doing it, Lord. Move anyway. Take us over. Help us to be willing sacrifices. Help us to be willing to go where you ask us to go, no matter how dark the place, no matter how light the place is. Just be with us, Lord, and draw out of us the best that you have put in. Draw it out of us, Lord, and let us share it sharing you with everyone we meet, whether it's through a smile or a kind word or a hello. Maybe it's just a hug or a touching of in someone's arm. Lord, let us share you as you see fit, stranger or beloved. Let us share you with the unlovely, the lovely, those who don't know about you, Lord, just shine through us. Let us portray who you are in such a way that it reaches their heart and their heart responds. Father, thank you. Thank you for the green lights you give us in our lives. Thank you for pushing us for drawing us close and pushing those parts of us that don't belong away, and this, then pushing us out to do your bidding, to do your will, to share you. Push us, Lord. Push us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Redeeming Love. Good and good morning, those who are watching from afar. We welcome you as well. Here at Redeeming Love, we have a vision to engage God, engage church, engage culture. And one of the ways that we engage with you is through the Engage card, which you were handed as you came in. So please go ahead and fill that out, especially the front page. And those of you who are listening online, there is an Engage card available for you to fill out. It's easy. All you have to do is go to our website, and that's www redeeminglovechurch.org So go ahead and I'll give you a few minutes to start that card, fill out that card. And while you're working to fill that out, just a few announcements. The church office will be closed on Monday and Tuesday. So just so that you know, don't call, you won't reach anybody. <laughs> Community night is July 9th, July 8th, I'm sorry. Community night, July 8th, 
The pre-party starts at 6 p.m. And it's an outreach event for you to bring an unsaved, unchurched person to enjoy summer fun, games, music. And we'll have, um, there's, I think there's a slide, yeah, the slide up right there. It gives you a little bit more information. And also there are many areas that we need volunteers. So if you go to the back, that sheet is also on the back so you can take a look at it there too. And also there will be a sign-up sheet on the back wall. So please do shine up and join us on community night. And I amen, amen. Hey, listen, we're doing our first outreach in a long, long, long time. It's called community night. And so we want you to, number one, we want you to invite every dude and his brother that you know. Uh, invite them all. Get the whole the community sister. here. And the sister and the brother, everyone. Get them all here. And then we have invite cards. Make sure you get some of those invite cards. They're in my pocket. There we go. Invite cards, invite. And we need help. So if you can start a fire, if you know how to start a fire, we need somebody to start a fire. We need somebody to do s'mores. Uh, if you can make a s'more or if you can tell somebody how to do it, sign the sheet. We need help. We need help. Somebody say help. Help. We need help. Help. All right. So that's holy. That's a community night this coming Friday, Saturday. This coming Saturday. This Wednesday, today's communion, right? So today's communion. So everybody knows what this Wednesday is. All right. So we have a wonderful opportunity. And it's so good that I couldn't allow anybody else to make this announcement. <laughs> yeah. So here is the issue that we have. We have an issue is that we have community night on Saturday. Worship team, actually, they absolutely need to practice on Wednesday. So we're going to have Holy Spirit encounter night, and we have no building. That's our opportunity, guys. And so here's what we're doing. We're doing Holy Spirit encounter night. We're taking it to the streets. <laughs> we're taking it to the streets. So everything that we've been doing here for Holy Spirit encounter night for the last two years, we're going to do the same thing out there as we go we're gonna we're gonna meet here at 6 30 just like we usually do we're gonna get about 10 minutes of instruction what to do and then we're gonna go out into the community and we're gonna do holy spirit stuff there yeah because this is where it's supposed to happen what a wonderful i i was so excited when this opportunity came up i was just like yes I'm so excited. So I hope you're excited. Come on out, Holy Spirit Encounter Night this Wednesday. We're not delaying it. We're not pushing it forward. We're not pushing it back. We're not, we're not canceling it. We are reimagining it, and we are going out in Jesus' name. Amen? Woo! All right. Is there another announcement? Yes. Those of you who are listening online, we it, today is communion, so please make sure and grab communion elements so that you can share in communion with us. So be sure and do that. And right now, I just want you to raise your hands or, or put your hands out to kids all around you. Yes. And we're going to pray the kids into Engage Church. Father in heaven, we just thank you for these little ones who are growing up to know you. We pray that they would, even in their littlehood, Lord, you said, let the children come unto me. And you have given power to kids who know you. You have given them much power. And so we just ask that what they ingest today, they spit out to other kids tomorrow in school and throughout the week. We thank you for those who are teaching them. We ask you to bless them and give them a great Engage Church for children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank
Thank you, kids. Pastor Matt's going to be bringing a message in the new sermon series. I can't talk today. He's going to bring the new message in the new sermon series, Face to Face with God, coming up after these announcements. Erica had a, a word of uh, encouragement from the Lord, and I just want her to share that with us. So while we... Is it on? Nope. Sorry. It's okay. While we were singing the song... Stop smiling at me, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> while we were um, worshiping and saying, what should we... What do you want me to pour out, Lord? What is it that you want me to give? I was just talking to the Lord, I was like, what do you want me to give? And he's like, I just want you to receive from me. Open yourself up and receive my love. And so I just wanted to share that with everybody. Amen. 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 Yes. Awesome. 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 I'm here to tell you that uh, the Holy Spirit is moving wildly and we're just keeping up. Um, and it's fantastic. Um, I got another word of prophecy that came, and I'm going to read that one too. Um, it says, now that you have done all of that, surrender to Jesus in gratitude for the gifts that you have been given. Now that you have done all of that, all of what? All of all that you've done. Surrender to Jesus in gratitude for the gifts that you have been given. And so today's uh, an exciting day. We get to kick off a new sermon series. It's entitled Face to Face. And uh, I am I'm so excited to share this series with you. Uh, I really f believe that the Holy Spirit is all over this series. And um, I'm not going to so much as teach today, uh, but I'm just going to uh, say some things, read some scriptures, and by way of impartation, I hope you get the gist of the message today because um, as important as this topic is, I'm not sure that it's something that um, great teaching really brings through. What we need is we need an impartation. And yeah. so today's message is entitled Intimacy with God. And so the goal of this whole thing, guys, <laughs> the reason why we're all here is to have intimacy with God. And then from that place of intimacy, we go and we do and we move and we live and we have our being. And as we move from that place of intimacy and we go and we move and we do, then people are supernaturally drawn to us and we don't have to say anything. Sometimes we do and sometimes we will, but more often than not, when we are moving from this place of intimacy with the Lord, people are just supernaturally drawn to us. Why are you so happy all the time? How is it that you don't get upset over things? Why do you always seem to have this peace about you? It's Jesus. 
the world's, the world's okay because I spoke to the creator this morning and he said so. I spoke to him and he, he said, yeah, no, it's all, it's all okay. In the midst of COVID, I spoke to the creator this morning and said, he's not surprised. He's not shocked. He's not caught off guard. He's not worried. Not one bit. And therefore, neither am I. Listen, if God's not going to worry about something, why am I going to worry about something? I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> All right, let's jump into scripture here. Exodus 33, verses 7, 9, and 11. I cut out some stuff just, so, just for clarity, because sometimes you just need to do that. You can go back and read it. The other verses don't change what's being said, as you'll see. They just kind of confuse the situation. So if we pull out every other verse, it, it makes a lot of sense. Moses took his tent and pitched it. The other verses talk to you about what the Israelites were doing. These three verses all talk about what Moses did. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And Moses would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, someone say, a young man, man. did not depart from the tabernacle. (laughs) Listen, there are some of you in here this morning, and you're, you're Joshua. You do not depart from the tabernacle, and the Lord sees it, and he knows. There's no secret. There's no secrets in the kingdom from the Lord. God sees everything. There is no such thing as like, I'm going to do this and God's not going to know. He knows. He sees it. There are those of you that are here this morning. You're Joshua. And even after Moses departs from the tabernacle, you stay, whatever that means. Whatever that means. But the scripture that I really want to look at here is the one that's highlighted. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. This is the point. This is really the point. This was the point from the beginning. This is the point that God is here for now. This is the reason why Jesus came back. This is really it. This is all it in a nutshell. If we go back to the beginning and we see Genesis 3, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. What was God coming there for? He was coming there to see Adam and Eve. He was coming there to just hang out. He was coming there to fellowship. He might've been coming there to share something with them. He was coming there to be with his creation. We're human beings. We need to learn to be instead of do. It's not about the do. And we, we can get so caught up in the do, the share Jesus element, that we forget about the be. We just need to be with him. But what we have to understand is that everything that we share has to come out of be, being with him, being with him. And so from the beginning, it was God's desire that he would be able to come and fellowship in this intimate fashion with his creation, with us. This is what he wants. This is really what he wants. God, what do you want from me? I want to be with you. I want you to be and position yourself in such a place that I can pour out my love on you and you receive it. That's what God wants. I'm here to tell you right now that if the love of God touches you and impacts you, there's no way you're not going out and doing more than everybody in this church has already done together. 
Why? Because the love of God impacts my heart. It, Paul says the love of Christ compels me. It grips me tightly and it pulls me in places that I wouldn't go otherwise. There's no way I'm walking down that dark alley, but Jesus, you said it's okay, so I'm going. Because I love you and I trust you and I know you. There's no way that I want to go out on a rainy day and talk to somebody about Jesus. But Jesus, I, I, you, I love you so much and I feel so much of your love that I can't help it. We're talking about relationship. Mike Bickle says this. He says, lovers will outwork workers every time. I don't want you guys to be workers in the kingdom. Scratch that off your list. I do not want you to be workers in the kingdom. I want you to be lovers of God. I want you to be lovers of God. I want you to love God. I want you to open your heart and be impacted by the love of God. I want you to have the face-to-face relationship that Moses had. But you have to desire it. You have to desire it. And even when you desire it, guys and, and girls... Can, can we all just admit, understand, for one thing, I, I have one, one bad trait, and it's to say guys. So if we, could we just all just understand that when I say guys, I'm talking to everybody? Yeah. I'll do better. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. We have to understand this one thing. Oh, I don't know. Somebody help me. What was I saying? Huh? We have to desire. That's it. That's it. That's where I was. We have to desire. And even when we desire it, we're going to come to this place where I don't desire it today. For years, uh, my wife and I ran after the Lord, and we went to every meeting we could. We went, uh, we drove to Boston, and we spent four days there, drove home at 2 in the morning. We went, and we packed eight kids and nine people into our SUV and towed our camper, and we camped for four days at Fort Mill, South Carolina to spend time with the Lord. And then we uh, stuffed more, nine more people, not the same nine, but other nine people. Some of them were the same. My kids were there every time, into our car, and we drove to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, 17 hours one way to fast and pray for 12 hours in 90-plus, 98-degree heat. People were passing out because they weren't drinking water. Uh, then we went on 8808. The list doesn't end. And so we ran passionately after the Lord. We had this desire that we would have more of God. And everybody around us didn't necessarily get it right away. And then there was a day where somebody called me and said, Hey, listen. This event's going on and it's broadcast. You can log on and you can watch it. And they said, and it's all your people. They knew who the people were that we went and looked at, who we ran to see and who really encouraged us. And they said, it's all your people. And I put it on. I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to watch this. And so I had that desire. But desire fades. And so sometimes we just need to do the things and we need to get back to the place with desire. And so we will only have, we will only have this face-to-face relationship with God if we desire it, if we run after it, and if we push into it, and if we refuse to be denied. And when we find ourselves without desire, we go back and we fix whatever was wrong. We, We force ourselves to find that desire again. 
It was about a year later. I don't know the exact time frame. It was about a year later we went to another event. We went to event, an event. And I don't know that I necessarily wanted to go, but I, I did want to go. I wanted to go even though I didn't know that I wanted to go. And so we got to the event and the people that were playing the first hour, it was a 12 hour event. The, uh, the first people that were playing the first hour were all of the people that we had cut our teeth on, all the people that we knew from the beginning. And I just sat there, wept for an hour straight. <laughs> How's it going, somebody texts. And I'm like, it's going great. I haven't stopped crying for the last hour. It's perfect because I'm back in the presence of God and, I, and I've forgotten how much I missed it. I've forgotten how much I've missed this place. I've forgotten how much I've missed the face-to-face -face encounter because it can pass from us and we can let it go all too easily. <laughs> just, this, just earlier this year, uh, my passion hadn't waned, but it had been some time since I had made an appointment with God. You guys pull out your phone. You guys have all kinds of appointments in here. We're having dinner with this person on this day. I'm meeting that person on that day. I've got a dentist appointment on this day and this appointment on that day. We got all these appointments. Where's your appointment with God? When was the last time you booked him a few hours? When was the last time you booked him a day? It had been a while since I had an appointment with God. And we're driving around in the car, and my wife says to me, I think you need to go and spend some time with the Lord. Just being honest, guys. I know I'm Pastor Matt, but I can, I can actually have a bad attitude. It, it, the possibility does exist. And my wife's going to be the first one to pick up on it. Because she sees me. She knows me the best. I could say, yabba-dabba-doo, and you guys would all be excited. And she'll be like, ah, oh, you were off on that. Because she knows me intimately. And so she says, you need to go. Uh, she didn't say I needed, she need, she didn't say that I needed to go. She said, I don't know what she said. I did say what she said. She said, you need Jesus time. Is that what she said? I said, I need Jesus time. So I know I needed to get away. So I went, and I'm telling you, I went to the same place that I always go. I did the same thing that I always do. There's a routine, and I, I trust me, I know how to get into the Spirit of God. And I went this time, and I sat, and I sat for... 8, 10, 12 hours, 12 hours, and I was annoyed. I'm annoyed the whole time. I'm not annoyed at the presence of God. I'm not annoyed. I'm kind of annoyed at my surroundings. I'm just annoyed at anything that I can find because I'm just annoyed. And I look at the clock, and it's 8 o'clock at night, and I had planned to do an overnight while on my appointment with the Lord. And so... Um, It was 8 o'clock at night, and I looked at the clock, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and it's getting dark because it's summertime, you know, and it gets dark later. So it's 8 o'clock, it's getting dark, and I look at the clock, and I'm like, I can be home by 10. Just didn't want to stay. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. I know there's something here for me. And so sometimes we just push through. Sometimes we push through anyways. Sometimes we push through. We're not... We're believers, guys. We're not feelers. I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm not a feeler in Christ. If I was a feeler in Christ, my life would be shipwrecked. 
If I went on feelings every time I felt something, my life would be shipwrecked. God gives us feeling. He gives us emotions, but we're not to be, we're not to be guided by them. We're not to be, be in subject to our feelings. We rule over our feelings. And so although I wanted to go home, although I wanted a place of more comfort, I did what I knew I needed to do, and I stayed in the presence of the Lord. And when I woke up in the morning, I had the most f- glorious four hours that I, I've ever had before I had to drive back home. And I'm all better. Ah, laugh. <laughs> uh, but the sharpness went away. It's intimacy with the Lord. And so how do we do this? And so I recently, I had this discovery. I recently met with someone. And uh, the person said to me uh, after church one Sunday, you've said some things and I, uh, things that I've never thought of before. And like, I just, I don't have a context for that. Can I meet with you? And can we discuss those things? And I said, absolutely. And so I met with this young man and a few different things became evident I, I talk all the time about spending time with the Lord, and I'll go and spend a day to pray. And the, the, they had, this person had no context to spend an hour or two or three or eight or 12 in prayer in the presence of the Lord. And so we kind of had to walk through what that meant. And so I, I want to walk through that with that, what that means for all of you here today, because me being in prayer for 12 hours is not 12 hours of me saying, Lord, bless this person and bless that person and do this and do this and do this and do that. Prayer is a communication. Prayer is communication. It's a two-way thing. I talk to God. He talks back to me. How many of you know that God speaks with, well, for me at least, to me at least, he speaks to me with far less words than I speak to him. <laughs> he created language. It's kind of funny how he knows how to use it best. He knows what's in my mind already, so he knows exactly what to say to make me understand his thoughts. I think we should read the next verse. Psalm 27, 4, David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing. David had one thing. David had one passion presence of God. This is all I want. I don't care if I have anything else. When David takes, when David becomes king, he goes up, he takes Jebus, that was the name of the city of Jerusalem before it became Jerusalem, he takes Jebus, and he creates this new capital in an area where the capital hadn't been. It was a, it, uh, it was a strategic, political, and uh, cultural idea. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. I mean, the 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 wisdom behind what David did here wasn't of God. I mean, it wasn't of him. It was of God. God gave him this thought. It was fantastic. Then he went and he had a battle with the Philistines because they were itching to fight him. And so he won that battle. And then the next thing that he did, the very first thing that he wanted to do is he said, hey, we're going to get all the fighting men and we're going to go and get the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to go and get that metal, that box that's covered with gold. We're going to go and get that. And we're going to bring that here. And so that was the first thing that David did. Why? Because there was one thing that was important to him, and it was the presence of God. He knew the presence of God. He was very familiar with the presence of God, and he knew that he didn't want to do anything without the presence of God. And the Ark of the Covenant is just a symbolic symbol of the presence of God. Back in the day, it actually held the presence of God, but now the presence of God lives on the inside of us. Do we give him time? 1 Kings 11, 9 through 10, 
there's just a couple verses here talking about face-to-face encounters and presence of God that I really want to look at. There's so much here. Uh, like I said, I'm not, this is not a teaching. Don't think point one, two, three. This is more of just an impartation today. So the Lord God became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded him. Man. So the Lord God became angry with Solomon because he appeared to him twice. For the general population, most of us, we're not even going to get one shot. Solomon gets two. And he still does the wrong thing. You know, I, I, <laughs> I get together in, in my prayer time with the Lord and I ask myself questions like, geez, I wonder why God would give Solomon twice. Like, twice, right? Twice. It's because of the love of his, for his father, David. It was because God loved David so much that he appeared to Solomon twice. He's like, if I can do anything to help this kid from screwing it up, I'm going to do it. And so he appeared to him twice. And so I say all that to say that face-to-face encounters aren't necessarily enough. We need to be backed up by the word. And so we need the intimacy that I'm talking about. But we need to be grounded and we need to be founded in the word. There is this, uh, if you're listening to anything within Christianity circles at all, there's a rise within mystics coming back a little bit. Does anybody sense that with me, hear that, see that? If not, that's okay, it's coming. Uh, It's here at the door and it's happening now and that's okay. What we have to understand is that back in the 1600s, the mystics came and then the mystics went because the mystics got off because they weren't based in this. They weren't based in the word. And so what we see that's beautiful with the new mystics is that they surround themselves with people that know the word so well that they're, this is going to keep us from getting off. The, the Bible, the word, the word of God, knowing the word of God, having the word of God inside of you, it helps us from, keeps us from getting off. And so sometimes face-to-face encounters are not enough. There was a man who, um, I read this story. I, I, I read so many stories, guys, to just know that I read a story. I don't, couldn't tell you where I read it. And it, the story was about this guy who, um, he had prayed to the Lord. He wanted to see the Lord's face. He had prayed to the Lord. He wanted to see the Lord's face. And he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and kept asking, 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 asking. And so the Lord spoke to him one time and said, I'll show you my face, but it's going to stunt your ministry for five years. And I'm thinking to myself, again, with the internal conversations that I have with myself, how is that possible? How is that possible that you can see the face of God and then have your ministry be sidelined, stunted, not grow, because you've seen the Lord? I would think that the opposite would happen. And I can't, I don't have the answers. And I'm telling you, I'll tell you this, is that that answer that that man got, it's not the answer for everybody. Why? Because we're different people. And so if the Lord appears to me and the Lord appears to Brian, Brian's going to react differently than I'm going to react if the Lord appears to me. Why? Because we're different people. And so we just react differently. But for this guy, when the Lord appeared to him, it sidelined, it shelved his ministry. I, I remember the exact term. For five years, 
First Kings 19, 11 through 12. Then, then he said, the Lord said, go out and stand to Elijah. This is Elijah. Right after the showdown Mount Carmel, Jezebel yells at him, and he hears Jezebel, and he runs for his life. And he comes to the mountain of God, and the Lord says to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, broke the rocks in pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And so many times God speaks to us, oftentimes, for me, almost, almost constantly, it's always in the still small voice. And so it's interesting, if you read the Hebrew here, uh, for still small voice, it actually means silence. And we have a few extra sec seconds of dead space on a Sunday morning. We're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Silence. A.W. Tozer said this. It's in his book, Knowledge of the Holy. It's in the preface, I believe. It says, uh, be still and know that I am God means next to nothing to the bustling worshiper in the middle part of the 20th century. It's 1950. <laughs> Be still and know that I am God. When was the last time you were still for more than five minutes? <laughs> Sleeping. Sleeping doesn't count. <laughs> we need to relearn. There's a, uh, there's a discipline of the Lord under, that's called silence and solitude to be without noise and to be by yourself. Silence is without noise or without speaking, and solitude is by yourself. I'm not talking like we need to take a vow of silence or have a vow of solitude. That's not what I'm saying, but like, could you do it once a week? <laughs> silence, get away from the phone ringing, get away from the noise of traffic, get away from the noise of all of, you know, humanism. Nature sounds are okay. Get where it's really, 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 really stinking quiet and then go there and don't say anything. The Lord taught me this um, a number of years ago when I was running the nursery. Um, I would get up in the morning, I'd make my coffee and I'd take my coffee and I'd go and I'd sit in the chair it was Stacy's prayer chair that was in a position where, you know, I could sit in it for a little bit, and then she would come down later and sit in it. Now we've got, we do it both at the same time, but we're still not necessarily in the same room always. But anyways, I would make my coffee, and then I would sit with my coffee. I'd have my coffee, and I had a silver mug at that time with the black rubber, leather, rubber around it, you know, there's that cup. And so I can remember the cup, and I would sit there, and for a half an hour, I would commune with the Lord without saying anything without thinking a thought that I need this today. I want, we need that today. I didn't allow those thoughts. And the Lord trained me in those moments how to draw away in silence right there in the first half hour of my day. What a training. And so now 
I can do this for hours. I can do this anytime. I could be anywhere. And I just listen to the Lord. Why do, how can I do that? Because I've trained myself through years and years and years, through silence and solitude. It was a period of about two years that the Lord taught me how to do this. <laughs> right? I didn't learn it in five minutes. I didn't learn it in one week. You know, okay, so next week when you come back, I expect you all to have that down. No. Right? <laughs> There's grace, there's mercy. It took me two years to learn this, to get really good at it. And then from that place, there's stepping off points with the Lord. You know, you get to a, you get to a point and you step off and you're like, whoo, we're out here now. And then you walk for a while. And then you get to another stepping off point and you're like, whoo, we're out here now. And it just keeps going. He just keeps having more and more. He just keeps drawing you deeper and deeper. How, how deep are you willing to go in intimacy with the Lord? Next verse says, uh, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father... For so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son will, wills to reveal him. This is Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, God himself in the flesh, speaking to his disciples and those around I don't know, I'd have to look back and find out where the, where the Pharisees standing here at this time. And he says, he makes this announcement. This is, this is year 33 or year zero, however you want to look at it. And he's, we, they have the Old Testament, everything up to here, right? They've got all of this to think about and know about God, right? There's more of it in the back than there is in the front. I'm front than there is in the back. So they've got all of that, and Jesus says, no one knows the Father. No one knows the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And so when Jesus came, he made a way for us to have fellowship with God once again. He made a way. He restored the beginning. And we have the right to walk in the garden in the cool of the day with the Lord. He's there every day. He's actually there every moment of every day. And so in the cool of the day, have you found yourself walking with the Lord? You don't have to walk. You can sit. It's spending time. Have you found yourself just spending time with the Lord? That's what he wants. He wants fellowship. He wants to hear your heart. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to bring healing to your life. We've seen awesome things here, right? Pacemakers supernaturally removed from people's bodies, hearts healed, kidneys healed, uh, warts removed, birthmarks removed. Like, it's, the list goes on, guys. You've, you know the list, at least if you've been here for a little bit. You've heard the list. There, it's 50 things that we've seen. How does it come? It comes because it's who God is. He's a healer. And when he comes, he heals because that's who he is. 
when he comes, he provides because that's who he is. That's what he does. It's just, an, it, it's not even what he does. It's who he is. He is the provider. He is the healer. This is just who he is. And so when he gets around you, you're going to be provided for. You're going to get healed. You're going to get resurrected. You're going to get restored. You're going to get renewed. You're going to get. And so no matter what your, no matter what your issue is, the, the solution is always the same. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. More of God. More of God. More of God. Has anybody ever had too much of God? Yeah, one person. Enoch. We all know his story. Hebrews chapter 11. This is great. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We talk about different testimonies, testimonies of healing. And, and when we talk about what God has done, we're prophesying about what God will do. And so what was the testimony of Enoch? The testimony of Enoch was that he pleased God. What a testimony. Oh, that I would have a testimony that I please God. Yeah. I just want to have a testimony that I please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we have to have faith if we're going to be pleasing to the Lord, right? So we want to have the testimony of Enoch. We want to, we want to be those who are pleasing to the Lord without Without faith, it's impossible to please him. I want to have faith so that I can be pleasing to God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. I can believe that. I, I have no trouble believing that God exists. I mean, I have more trouble believing that he doesn't exist. If I were to have to try and believe that, I can't believe that. I have to believe that he does exist. There's way too much evidence. There's, there's evidence that demands a verdict. And I'm here to tell you today, God does exist. And here's part two of, of faith. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe that. Do you believe it? <laughs> We're believers. Do you believe it? And if you're a believer, then your actions should line up with your beliefs. And so if you believe that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, then seek him. I believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe that wholeheartedly. You can't convince me otherwise, guys. My wonderful term. You can't convince me otherwise, church. Can't do it. You can't do it. I don't care. I, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. No one knows the Father except the Son, and no one and the except no one knows the Father except the Son and the one to whom the, the Son wills to reveal Himself to. 
Then he follows it with this verse. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's something that I've found in walking with the Lord. There's no work in it. There's no work in it, and it makes my work wonderfully easy. It's amazing. It's like I'm not even doing anything. Do you know what a yoke is? I've explained it before, but a yoke is like they put this thing around the neck of the cattle, and then there's another cattle over here, and they yoke them together, and they hook up the cord to the plow, and the two, the two oxen or the two cattle, they pull, and they pull the plow through the field. And so they're working together to pull the plow through the field. Well, when we're yoked together with Jesus, it becomes easy. It becomes simple. It becomes like it's no effort because he does all the work. If we're trying to pull Jesus, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get ir irritated. I'm going to get aggravated. I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to be like, why isn't anything happening? Because Jesus isn't here yet. I'm trying to accomplish things that he can't, he's not ready to accomplish yet. And so if I try and do things in the supernatural with no supernatural power, Jesus, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. I'm going to become frustrated. I'm going to become disheartened. I'm going to actually move into unbelief. And if I start to lag behind Jesus, if he's walking out in front of me and he's dragging me along, depression comes, inadequacy comes, focusing on how bad I am comes. Why? Because all of this stuff is happening and I've got no part in it. It's not because he doesn't want me to. It's just because I refuse to walk with him. But all I got to do is just keep pace with him. And I'm not saying it's no work. There's a little bit of work. I got to keep tension on my side of the plow. But he does all the work. And he gives me the grace to do my half. <laughs> it's his strength in me. And this is what comes through relationship. John 14. If you had known me, you would have known my father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And then in John 17, it says this. He says, I do not pray for these alone. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He says, I don't pray for these disciples alone, but I also pray for all of those who will believe in me through their word. That counts me. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So what's, what's, what's Jesus' prayer here? That we would literally be one with the Father and one with the Son. That the same way that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the, way, the same way that they're one, we would enter into that oneness. That we would enter into that fellowship. That we would enter into that place of, of personal closeness with Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth said, if God's not moving, then I'll move God. It seems kind of proud. It seems kind of boastful. It seems, it honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, it seems heretical. 
Is there anybody with me? Yeah, that seems like arrogant off the charts. And it seems like, no, you can't do that. But Moses moved God. Abraham moved God. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And, every, and in every case, guys, we see one thing. There was relational equity that these men or women of God had that allowed them to move God. Wow. So where's our relational equity at? Where, where is our relationship with God? Any one of you, if you had my number, you could call me on my phone at midnight and say, hey, listen, I want some butter pecan ice cream. Can you go to the store and get it for me? And I'll probably hang up on most of you. And, you know, for some of my leaders, I'll be like, is there an emergency? Do you need that right now? And there'll be a discussion, and you still won't get butter pecan ice cream. <laughs> but if my wife wants butter pecan ice cream, I'm going to put on my slippers or whatever, and I'm going to grab the car keys, and I'm going to drive up to Walmart. They're 24 hours. They're right up the street. And I'm going to find that ice cream that she's looking for, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to bring it back. Why? relationship she has a relationship with me that none of you do <laughs> she doesn't ask for butter pecan ice cream at midnight <laughs> but you know I'm some of you uh, gentlemen whose wives have just gone through uh, pregnancy you know you, you, you feel me <laughs> have we built relational equity with the Lord have we built our secret place with the Lord? Have we come away with the Lord in adoring silence enough to the point where I know him and he knows me? I know what he smells like when he walks into the room. I know what it feels like when he begins to move even just around me. I can recognize when he's moving on somebody as I'm praying for them. Not perfect at it yet, but I'm learning. But I'm, I'm just being more aware and so I know him and he knows me and so there's this relationship that we've built over 30 years and we call upon the Lord and sometimes he asks me for things and so sometimes I have to do things that I'm not willing to do God's always wanting to heal always God's always wanting to save the timing may be off a little But he wants us to be in this place where we're one, where we're one with one another, where we're one with one another. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 says, you have, you've forgotten the first works. Go and do the, the, things you've did at, the things you did at first. You've forsaken your first love. Are we, are we as in love with God today as we've ever been in our life? Anything less Anything less than the most I've ever been in love with God is backslidden. I had a point in time where I loved God here, but I just don't love him that much anymore. If I've ever backed off of that love for him, it's backslidden. Repent and do the things you did at first. Restore first love. Love God again. 
we're going to continue this series next week, and I'm not sure that there's ever going to really be a formal teaching here, but we're, we're going to continue to talk about this intimate relationship with God. There's so much more to say. There's so much more to the depth of this relationship that Jesus has called us into. Yeah, and it's, it's, where, it's where everything flows out of. Jesus said, he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you find life, but they are that which points to me. Everything that's been written has been written for one purpose, that we would know him. When we know him, it's all over. It's interesting, and I mentioned this before, but when we look at those who are turned away from the gates of heaven, Jesus says the same thing to him often. I never knew you. There's only one thing more glorious than knowing God. Being known by him. I don't even know. I don't even know how. All right, listen, we got we to gotta do communion. I don't even know how to end this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Let's just pray. Can I have somebody on the piano? Uh, let's just pray. Can we pray for five minutes? Are you guys in a hurry? I mean, we're here with the God of all creation. Uh, where else do you have to go? If you have to go, go. But we're going we're gonna to take five minutes. We're going to pray. And then, then we'll do communion. So I just, want, I just want to spend five minutes soaking in his presence, resting in his presence. I may say some things or I may say nothing. I don't know. This, is not even, this wasn't even planned. This is totally off the cuff. But we're going to do this. We're just going to rest in his presence for five minutes. As soon as she starts playing, the clock starts. But she hasn't started yet, so... <laughs> Feel free to stand if you wish, lay down, find a place, whatever, prostrate, whatever you feel God's leading you to do. It's a call back to first love. It's a call back to intimacy with God. You're all here because you started some kind of a relationship with him. But there's deeper realms that we've been invited into. And we get to determine how fast we go and how far we go. So the question is, how far do you want to go today? How deep do you want to go into the love of God? The love of God is an ocean so vast. with your love this morning, God. Draw us to meet your heart.
this morning. I heard someone walk into the room and they had what sounded like bells on. I don't know if it was actually somebody that had a bell or if I just heard it in the spirit, but it reminded me of the Old Testament when they would put the bells on the edges of the garment of the priest before he would walk behind the curtain, the veil in the temple into the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, one time per year. And they put the bells on the bottom of the garment because if there was any sin in his life, he would drop dead as soon as he walked into the presence of God. And so it speaks to the reverence that we should have for God. And it speaks to the holiness that we should have in our lives, the desire for holiness that we should have in our lives. We never disqualify ourselves because God's mercies are new every morning. But we should have a desire for holiness. And we should have a reverence for the presence of the Lord. It's not something to be played with. It's not something to be tampered with. When Aaron's sons came and offered profane fire on the altar, they were consumed by the presence of the Lord because they treated the presence of God without reverence and with contempt. Let that never be said of any of us. So while we're here, we just want to take communion together so holy to the Lord. So as we prepare to take this, just, just examine your hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says examine yourselves. We want to examine ourselves today. We want to say, God, forgive me for letting go of the passion with which I've run after you. God, forgive me for not loving you as much as I have before. Forgive me for not sensing your love in the same way that I have in the past. Restore me and renew me. And if there's anything else that you want to repent for, I just want to invite you to do that now. Just spend five minutes in the presence of God. So is there something that you just need to repent for? Just ask the Lord. He's, he's ready, willing, and able to forgive. He wants to forgive. He forgives us quicker than we forgive ourselves most times. said, whenever you eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me. And so Jesus, today, we remember your death on the cross. We remember your resurrection power. We remember your triumph over sin and death and the grave. God, we come back to you today. said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
this cup, this cup is the new promise. It's my new promise to you. By my blood, all your sins are forgiven. By my blood, all your sicknesses, diseases are healed. By my blood, you are completely delivered from all oppression. By my blood, you are made whole. By my blood, peace. By my blood, joy. Righteousness by the blood of Jesus. It washes over us. It's like it's it's in your eye calendar. It's like it's there. There's an appointment 
there's an appointed time you're going to meet with God. And when you do, it's going to completely and utterly transform your life. You will not be the same man. There is a meeting coming from God and you will be transformed by his presence and by his glory. today. Allison, come receive the offering. Allison's going to come and receive the offering. We have two words of knowledge today. Uh, first one is a right shoulder. I have the microphone right here. First one is a right shoulder. So if you have a right shoulder that's sore or injured or anything with the right shoulder, is that you? Somebody right shoulder right there? See the prayer right there? Here, two, two with the right shoulder over here or, or either over here with the right shoulder. And then the second one was a skin condition. Um, and it, I can't describe it exactly, but there was some kind of a skin condition. It almost looked like a pimple, but not really. And it seemed like there was maybe some hair growing out of the middle of it. Like maybe it was an ingrown hair or something. And so if that's you and you have a skin condition, and so I mean, honestly, I mean, if you have any skin condition, let's pray for it, right? Uh, skin condition over here on this side. Amen. Allison. There are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. And there's a card in the chair backs that you can take a look that gives you all of, all of the ways as well as the screen up here explaining the different ways to give. And you can also give online. So, you know, we hear the word intentional, being intentional. Um, we've heard it for several years. It's been a new buzzword in the world. And um, sometimes those buzzwords mean nothing to us as followers of Christ, but sometimes I feel that we can get something from that. And when we, when we are with God, when we are communing with Him, and, and when we are paying attention to Him 24-7, because He is paying attention to us 24-7, trust me, Sometimes he asks us to be intentional in what we're doing for him and to take it very seriously and not to just shove it off as, oh, well, I can do that later. Or, ah, God taught me to to talk, told me to talk to that person, but I really, ugh, not right now. Not right now. I'm too busy. I have too much going on. But God asks us to be intentional with what we are doing for him, including being intentional with our giving. He does not ask for more than we can give, but he asks us to be intentional with what we do give him. So I've said it before, you don't worry about how much you're giving. Be intentional with what you are giving to him. Dedicate it to him and let him multiply what you give, because he will. Can we pray? Father in heaven, I thank you for what you give us, all that you give us. And this is such a small response to that. But Lord, bless what we give. Let us, let us give it intentionally. Let us think of it seriously in giving back to you, Lord, in allowing you to take it and do what your will is for that money. We just thank you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Our prayer and healing teams are available on either side. And as Pastor Matt has said, those with right shoulders can come over here for prayer and those with a skin condition can come over here and pray. And we will see you next week. God bless.